0: Well, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> Super, looking forward to Operation Heart, and uh, hello, hello. I don't know if I've got a speaker on back here, but man, that's thundering. Sorry. I get distracted easily. (laughs) Squirrel. Um, Really looking forward to Operation Heart this year, and I would love to be able to take $10,000 to our local grocers to get vouchers um, and to help those that are in need during this Christmas season. Uh, every year we just get to watch what God does as you give so generously. I don't think you have to wait either. We are making uh, an emphasis of it during our Christmas Eve services so that those that are here in attendance, visiting, can take part in something. Um, I, we think it's a great a great cause and that they can jump into as well. And so um, I believe if you go online, you can begin begin the process already of giving for Christmas. Christina already mentioned that Julie and uh, Caleb will be here next week, and it is a great opportunity to bring a friend. These are amazing leaders in the Ottawa area and uh, have been recognized throughout our nation as well as uh, different places that they've traveled and minister the word. So we're in for a treat, and I just think it's going to be an amazing time. I had lunch this week with Father Matt. We do that, uh, Father Matt Brunet at St. Peter's. Uh, we do that on a regular basis. Um, we just really enjoy each other's companies and talking about what God's doing. And uh, he brought it up again because he'll be here in January uh, to minister on a Sunday morning. We're going to make history in Cornwall uh, and have a, a Catholic priest here ministering the word. And uh, he just loves Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we did have uh, Bishop Paul Andre uh, a number of years ago, and uh, so we want to do it again and just, um, and just let God be God in Cornwall. But he was a little concerned. He, 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 said, he brings it up each time. He said, um, you know, my longest homily is about 15 minutes. How long do I have to speak? And I said, You have to speak for at least 30. And he goes, I don't know if I can do that. I said, Just put your two best homilies together. I said, It'll be awesome. And uh, I have heard him speak, and he's, uh, he, he really is great in the word, and, and I know we'll be, we'll be blessed. I want to minister this morning. Uh, don't leave your miracle at the door. Don't leave your miracle at the door. Um, I'm wondering if there might be somebody here today that's struggling with some sinus issues. It might be on the left side. I don't know um, if it's an infection or if there's actually just something going on there um, on that left side. If you're online and and uh, we believe that 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 um, the word of knowledge gift comes to stir faith, so you can receive uh, um, a healing. Today, I think there's some intestinal issues going on as well, some diverticulitis or Crohn's disease or spasms in the intestinal area causing cramping. And I just really believe that God wants to heal those things today. So if that's you, say, that's for me, Jesus. You take your healing online, just text it in, that's for me, and uh, receive that healing today. I want to read an account. I'm going to read all of it. It's going to take just a little bit, a little longer passage than normal. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 19. Don't leave your miracle at the door. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to him, excuse me, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Constant prayer. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by, and a a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie, tie up your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. And so he went out and followed him. And he did not know that what was done by the angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and then the second guard post, They came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them on its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all of the expectations of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. And there were many gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came and answered. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she didn't open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before, uh, before the gate. They said to her, no, you're beside yourself. She kept insisting that it was so, and so they said, it's his angel. Now Peter continued knocking. and When they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. And then as soon as it was day, and there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. Father, I pray today that you would uh, release the word. That I believe that you want to plant some seeds to get us ready for 2023. Some things that you want to do. Some things, Lord, that you want us to understand. And today, I I really believe, as even last week, as we talked about uh, the steps to receive a miracle, Lord, do you want to do signs and wonders in our midst? Lord, do you want to declare your glory here in this region? Lord, we would just say we are the people that are candidates to be the channels and the conduits of that. Increase your glory. Increase your presence, we pray now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So Herod makes himself an enemy of the church. He's after God's people. And we read this phrase that Herod, uh, King Herod stretched out his hand harassed harass some from the church. And that phrase, stretched out his hand, literally means to lay hands upon. It's the same phrase that we would use from the New Testament when we lay hands upon people to pray and to release the power of God. And so we, we pray for people with the laying on of hands. It's, a, it's a, a, um, just something that we really cherish in the scriptures, uh, that, uh, that symbol and sign, and more than a symbol and a sign, but an impartation of God's power and glory when we lay hands on people and pray. But Herod is laying hands on God's people with a different kind of power. And so he's not literally placing his hands, but the scriptures are, are, are letting us understand that this enemy of the church who has just killed James and now uh, feels some confidency has laid his hands uh, on uh, th- another member, Peter. He steps out now to grab another leader of the church, and uh, his his he, what he's considering on doing is to um, to to execute uh, Peter just after just after Passover. So, send me to the church puts sixteen guards on Peter. It says there are four squads, and each squad uh, at this particular time would have been four soldiers. And so 16 guards, and he's in the inner prison with one on each side chained. So Peter was kept, or literally he was guarded in the prison, but prayer was made for him uh, to God intensely by the church. Say, but prayer. I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer this morning as we talk about uh, receiving the miracles uh, that God has for us, as we get ready for our January emphasis uh, of fasting and prayer. We're taking the first 21 days, as we always have. This will be our 20th, I believe our 20th uh, season doing this, and believing God, giving him the first and the best of our year as we believe him for the coming year that we're about to enter into. But I want to kind of stir us this morning to think about what happens when we pray. Last week, I shared with you candidly and, and, and vulnerably that in my own life, I'm being reminded by the Holy Spirit that like a Jarius who received the messenger, it's gone from bad to worse. Now, don't bother the master. Stop praying. Stop praying. Just don't, you don't need to talk to Jesus about this. It's gone from bad to worse. Let's just let it go. And I feel just a, a, a fresh inspiration in my own life to embrace the power of prayer and that God has given us this powerful weapon of prayer. And James tells us that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, James 5, 16. And this morning, you might say, so... That disqualifies me because I'm not a righteous person. But if you are a Christ follower today, you are righteous because of Jesus. None of us are righteous in and of ourselves. This idea that somebody else's prayer is more powerful than than mine because you know they're closer to Jesus is just—it's really—it's it, a lie from the enemy. And, and and the scriptures are teaching us. And I want to stir you to to believe this morning in your own prayer life that the righteousness of Jesus in you qualifies you to come to the throne of grace boldly. And to put an ask, and that's what scriptures teach us, come into his throne room, come into into his throne of grace uh, with boldness to ask of him. So the prayer of a righteous person, and that's just a Christ follower. The prayer of a Christ follower is powerful and effective. We could say this way, prayer has great power and effect. That's what James is trying to teach us. Prayer has great power and effect. Would you mind saying that with me today? prayer has great power and effect and the church is praying for Peter for the miracle of Peter's release and it happens and so I'm fast forwarding I'm going to skip the middle we're going to go to the end and come back and so Peter decides to head to the prayer meeting to tell them that their prayers had a great and powerful effect he wants to tell them that he knew that they were praying he rings the doorbell and Rhoda comes to the door, and uh, she's really careful about opening the door. Um, and hello, who is it? Because she knows that Herod and his uh, and his henchmen are trying to lay hands upon the church and to inflict harassment and inflict difficulty. And she's like, I, I don't, I don't want to just let anybody come in the door here. Who is it? It's me. It's Peter. And she recognizes his voice and leaves him standing outside the door. Um, and she's so excited. She runs back into the prayer meeting. And, uh, and, and she says, our prayers must have been great and powerful because Peter is here. And they, look at, they stop praying. They look at her and they go, they literally tell her she's nuts. You're crazy. No, Peter's in prison. What are we praying about? <laughs> what is it we're doing here right now? Peter's in prison, and she keeps insisting. She's like, I know it's Peter. And it's like, no, but they're arguing with her. They they just have to go to the front door and check it out. All they have to do is go check it out. They don't, they, just leave us alone. We're praying for Peter, (laughs) but he's at the door. No, you're nuts. It's not him, and when she insists, And we don't know if it's a Jewish tradition um, or exactly what they were getting at, but the answer is it must be his angel or his ghost. And which, either way, the traditional, whichever one it was, it's either his guardian angel, which the thought is that our last task, that our guardian angel, and the scriptures teach about angels that have been assigned to us to guard us and keep us, would be to show us the way to heaven because we're not quite sure how to get there uh, when we cross from from here to there. And so our angel is there to escort us. And so it's either his angel has escorted because he's dead, or the other church, it's his ghost. So he's on his way, and he just knocked at the door to let us know, thanks for praying. Really appreciate the prayers this morning. Kind of what we do. That's what we're supposed to do, pray. But did they do anything? Uh huh. So she's insisting. They're saying, no, it can't be. But Peter kept on knocking. <laughs> Can you imagine? The miracle's at the door. Let me in! Come on, let me in. You've been praying. The answer is here. I'm here. Just let me in. This morning, I want to talk to you about don't leave your miracle standing at the door. Peter is knocking at the door saying, You've been praying. Prayer is effectual, it is powerful. We need to expect that God is doing something on our behalf, and your miracle might just be at the door. Peter's knocking at the door, Let me in. I believe that. This morning is the beginning of an emphasis of, as we come into 2023 and last week and the weeks even leading up to this as we've been talking about being planted in the house. And I'm just trying to be obedient and share with you and, and as you listen and as you've been hearing these words as we judge of what is God saying to us and, and, and what is God uh, expecting from us. And I believe that God wants to begin moving in our midst even more powerfully than he has in the past, than he is in these last few weeks. He wants to take us into a realm of seeing the supernatural in a heightened capacity here at Harvest in our personal lives and in this region. I believe that he wants to talk to us about the expectation of opening the door of our lives to miracles, opening the door of our lives. And I I, I think that it is an intentional, they had to intentionally go and let Peter into the prayer meeting and recognize and realize that prayer is effectual and it is powerful, that prayer is doing something. And some of us are still praying, but we've given up on the idea that prayer is powerful. And I'm asking, Lord, in my own life and in your life and in our life as we come into our days of fasting and prayer Um, And we're going to conclude that 21 days with a prophetic emphasis. And I'll be talking to you about hearing the voice of God and the prophetic gifts. And we've got some prophetic people that are becoming Pastor Frank Satius. We'll be here on that final. It'll be a weekend, a Friday, a Saturday uh, night, Friday night and Saturday night, and then Sunday morning uh, in January conclude. And I believe uh, Pastor Frank has an apostolic mantle. He's gonna kind of seal for us some of the direction that I believe that God has, us, uh, has for us and wants us to go in. But we're getting ready. We're getting ready now. And so we're to open the door to miracles. Don't leave your miracle at the door. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. I think they would have been pretty excited. And the reason he had to stop was because they had prayed. Then they saw the answer to prayer and they got excited. They didn't connect that the answer was on its way because of prayer. So when they saw the answer, Their faith came up, and that is a principle, and I understand that, but I think some of us are waiting for the answer before we believe or acknowledge that prayer is powerful and effectual. And we need to reverse this and and come into the understanding that prayer is powerful and effectual because prayer is powerful and effectual. And the answer to prayer is standing at the door. We need to open it up by faith to receive what we're praying for. And so he quieted them, and he said, I want to tell you how... I got out of prison. He said, Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. He wants to show them and demonstrate to them how great and powerful the effects of their prayer were. And I want to give you four things this morning. I think there's four, maybe there's five, but you have some notes and some fill in the blanks. Four things that will happen when we pray. Four things that you can expect will take place when you pray suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell number one prayer brings God's glory into the dark places your prayers will bring God's glory into dark places wow it's quiet out there there should be just a little bit more yeah thank you I hear that glory over there somebody say preach it pastor all right that helps me that helps me tough bunch today. Prayer brings God's glory. I'll I'll try harder, all right? Here I go. I'm going to try harder. Prayer brings God's glory into the dark places. (laughs) Here's the thing about the work of the enemy. When the enemy decides to step it up and, and, and bad goes to worse, and just like Herod, the enemy's trying to lay his hands on you and impart evil, depart darkness, depart difficulty, uh, I'll give you sickness, whatever it might be. And by the way, God doesn't give sickness to anybody. That's a work of hell and Satan himself. But when the work of darkness has gone from worse to worser, to bad, to badder, whatever, the angel enters the dark place because you've been praying, and the light and the life of God is released in the darkness. And I don't care how dark it is, even a little bit of light begins to illuminate and push back the darkness. Your prayers bring the light, God's glory, into the dark place. Prayers release the light and the life of God into the dark places either in your life, in your family, or for someone you're praying for. John 1, 4 to 6 explains this principle. In him, Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome the light. Darkness will never, I don't care how powerful Herod thinks he is, he cannot overcome, the devil cannot overcome the light that is released, the glory and the life of God that is released when we begin to pray. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on in cornwall in my life in my job in my dark place as it is in heaven where the glory of god resides let the glory of god and the power of god and the light of god come into the dark places and that happens when we pray arise shine isaiah was prophesying of the day we live in for your light has come the light has come somebody says ha- somebody say has come. has come we're not waiting for it As we pray, we're releasing it. We're not asking for the light to come. We're not telling the light it has to come. As we pray, the light has come. We're standing, believing that God's light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rises over you and his glory appears over you. I want to tell you this morning that prayer brings great and powerful effects. Number two, prayer awakens you to God' possibilities. I love this story. It's just I, I just I've always loved this story, and just there's a lot of humor in it as you would uh, read it and understand it in this really difficult moment. And the angel comes in, and it looks like he probably kicks Peter in the side. It said like he strikes him in the side to wake him up. It's like the light is shining you know, the glory of the Lord. Everybody else, they have to say, fear not. Peter's, and I've heard people say, well, he was just at rest with the Lord, knowing that Jesus was gonna free him. I'm not so certain. I I, I I, just think that he's he's in this prison and he's oblivious that the light is shining. And so we've got an angel going, really? It's my best glory display, I I think that's what's going on. And so Peter wakes up and and, and like he's still like, Peter, put your clothes on, put your shoes on, no tie your robe. Peter, tie your robe. Nobody wants to see. Come on, tie your robe. Put everything. Let's go tie your laces up. We're going. We're leaving here. (laughs) You kind of see it, right? But we're praying in the prayer meeting and the guy that needs the miracle, thanks for praying, but I'm gonna die and my ghost is, no. And so Peter is in this thinking, he's in this dream state. Could this really be happening? And I wonder sometimes as, we're praying, and, and the Holy Spirit is stirring us, and he's talking to us about, yes, you you know, yes, keep praying, yes, this, this is working, yes, you know, this is awesome, and it's a yes and amen to the glory of God in our spirit, but we're kind of in that dream, I go, you know what, I don't, I don't know, I'll really believe it if I, if I see it, and God is saying to us, no, if you're praying, you will see it. And faith doesn't leave the miracle at the door. Faith is opening the door so the miracle can walk in. And so as we're praying, we are awakened that the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish God's will in our life. And here's my thought for you. We talk a lot about the spiritual gifts. We're going to be talking about some of the prophetic gifts as we come into January and hearing God and, and the declaration of God's will in the, in the, in the uh, prophetic office and all these kinds of different things. And when we talk about the gifts, most people can, you know, they, the gift of healing and they talk about the different uh, spiritual gifts that are listed uh, throughout the New Testament. But one that we don't talk a lot about is the gift of faith, the gift of faith, now, there is a faith, a measure of faith that each of us are given when uh, we, we come to Jesus. We exercise that faith, and I believe we can grow our faith. I told you last week, take your mustard seed and plant it and grow your faith. But I think in some of the, the, the miraculous, um, you know, cancers disappearing, uh, limbs growing kind of miracles that I believe God wants to do and perform requires a gift of faith, a faith that a human being can't muster, can't, you know, I think I can, I think I can. But what I believe happens is we receive the gift. It's a supernatural, like the gift of healing. Uh, when we pray for somebody and there's a healing, we didn't heal them. Jesus healed them through um, the, the faith that as we lay hands upon and there's a, a gift of healing, God's gift that is, we're, we're the messenger and we give that gift of healing. The gift of faith is also given, and it's to believe God for those things that are just so impossible, but yet this this supernatural impartation of faith comes, and we're like, I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt and it's not your faith or my faith, the measure of faith. It's a gift. It comes from outside. It's a grace that comes from outside of us and energizes us in the realm of faith to believe God for miracles. And I think we've ignored, or at least, and I, I just kind of want to point at this, because prayer, what happens in prayer, uh, as, as we we're talking, prayer awakens you, is as we begin to pray, I believe that the, we open ourselves up to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and one of them being the gift of faith. And so now I'm being awakened to the possibility of what God wants to do. And so we see Jesus opening blind eyes, deaf ears, these, these, these crazy miracles, and yet he says, greater things will you do. Say greater. So let's believe that we're in the days of the release of the greater things, and it's in the place of prayer that we're being awakened to the, to the gift of faith. Imparted number three. Prayer causes the chains of bondage to fall off. Peter was bound to the to uh, two guards, so no matter which way he tried to sleep, it, it was hard. I, you know, as we see him sleeping, maybe it's because he, he he was pulling on these guards all night, and they're pulling back, and somebody's hitting somebody, and somebody's snoring, and somebody's carrying. I don't I don't know, but he's chained to the guards. There is no getting away. There is no escaping the fact that no matter which way I turn, these chains are keeping me attached to these guards that symbolize the work of hair. It symbolized today for us the work of darkness. And this morning, there are people sitting here. There are people online. And the chains of addiction are holding you fast to the guards of the the enemy. Addictions and depression and anxiety and fear can all be chains that are keeping us from stepping into the will of God. Stepping us into God's best. Keeping us from not uh, moving forward in the things that God has. And, And these chains, these chains that hold us and hold people or the people that you're praying for. It doesn't matter how big those irons are. This morning when you begin to pray and the light shines, possibility begins to rise in our heart. Chains literally fall off of people, and they experience the freedom of the Holy Spirit and the freedom of God. He who the Son sets free is free. Come on. And so Pete, thank you. Free indeed. That's right, Aaron. Some chains falling off you, buddy. Peter said, I need to tell you something. He said, prayer brings great and powerful Effects, when you prayed, the glory of God came into my dark place. I was awakened by God's plan to save me and bring me out of the prison. And the things in the natural, these chains that were holding me, fell off. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. Where's Chris Tomlin when you need him? Remember, Herod put 16 guards around Peter. One would have sufficed. You need to to think about this. One would have sufficed. One guard with a big old chain would have kept Peter right where he was. Even Herod was expecting a miracle. Even Herod was expecting something to take place. And he was getting ready for the something. You know, the enemy overplays his hand in our life. Because he's expecting God to do something. And so he will overplay his hand to try to convince our minds, kind of convince our bodies with symptoms that there's no way out of this. There's no way this is going to change. There's no way. And, and, and so we see Peter walking past the first guard post. Is this like Jedi mind tricks? You will not see him. I don't see him. You know, second guard. No, this is, this, is, this is Holy Spirit power. Number number four, prayer blinds the eyes of the enemy. So the enemy is active, overplaying his hand. How do we overcome the enemy? It's actually very easy. Blindness. You will no longer see what God is doing. You're not even going to guess at what God is doing because you can't stop what God is doing. Are you hearing me this morning? Story in the Old Testament of Elijah and if you remember the story that uh, all of these enemies uh, appear, uh, real enemies with chariots and, and swords, and, and uh, his, his, his helper, the prophetic helper, is with him and goes, oh man, we're toast. And uh, he goes, no, greater, you know, there's more, there's more with us than against us, greater is he that is with us than he is in the world. And he goes, what? And he goes, over there. And he says, Lord, open his eyes. And then his eyes are open to the spirit realm, and he sees all these spiritual, um, angelic hosts. He goes, oh, we outnumber those suckers about 10 to 1. Exactly. So now he has faith, and he goes, so we're just going to let, no, no, we, we, we have to do this. They're, gonna, they're, they're with us, they're gonna, we're going to do this. And so the prophet walks up to the, uh, kind of like, a, you know, the white flag thing, walks up to the enemy, and, uh, and so they're going to capture him, and he says to a whole army, one guy, single-handedly, whole army, says, uh, um, I-, I know where you need to go to, you know, to, to win this war. You do? Yeah. Uh, God, I just pray blindness over the whole army. All right, follow me. Guys, keep up, hey? Eh? Here we go. And he takes them into the middle of a city so that when they're, when they awaken, um, they see now that the plan of God is to totally destroy them. When we pray, the enemy cannot understand what god is doing the enemy cannot come against it the enemy cannot form a strategy to overcome god's plan when we pray now you're not getting this i don't think you're getting this because the bible does talk about the wiles of the devil and the strategies and we're not we're not we're not to you know just poo poo that and go you know he's just an idiot and and he says, we are to walk circumspectly and be careful and and, and be aware that your enemy, the, the devil, prowls. But we're not afraid. Because when we begin to pray, he's blinded to what God is doing. And we're like, you can't see me. You can't. And, and in prayer, we begin to move the hand of God and cancel the strategies Of the enemy. Someone's going to get that. All right. Prayer brings great and powerful effects. As the enemy came down toward him, Elijah prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. They passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. I love that. And they went through it. And they went through it. This is the last thing separating Peter from his total freedom. Gates in the Bible speak about authority and power. This is an iron gate. This is a very powerful and has a lot of authority gate. And maybe you're facing something today that feels like a locked door. Maybe it feels like an iron gate in your life. You found some freedom, but you it's kind of you feel like I've gone this far and I can't get further. I've gone this far and and I don't know how I'm going to keep moving. I don't know how this is going to keep happening. And this gate, because of prayer, opens on its own accord. They don't, they don't speak to it. They don't push on it. They don't examine the hinges. They don't care about what kind of lock is on it. Prayer number five opens doors that are otherwise impossible to open. Prayer opens doors that are otherwise impossible to open. As we begin to pray, there are some doors that you've been knocking on, and you thought that they were locked. You thought that you're trying to push on them, that Peter wasn't pushing on it. The angel didn't say, go and push on the gate. He said, as we approach the gate, somebody needs to start approaching the gate that you think's been holding you back. That thing that has stood in your way, just start walking towards it. Just get, start walking towards it and watch that it doesn't open on its own accord. And You go, oh my goodness, prayer is working. Pray, Prayer is powerful and effectual let's not leave our miracle knocking at the door in 2023 and we'll start right today we're not waiting let's go. not go through the motions of prayer not knowing or understanding that there is power of prayer of, it's, there's effect of prayer they argued with rhoda no it can't be just before peter leaves them he explains it he said this is what your prayer did I said, I want you to go tell James and the others. James was the designated leader of the church. And here's something I'm asking of you. Is I believe that there are miracles that have been taking place, but we need to celebrate them. And Peter said, go tell the leadership. Go tell James. He said he needs to know that this is going on. I'll just say it this way. Pastor needs to know that some of these miracles have become, are beginning and they're happening. I know it in faith, but we need to celebrate it because I believe as we celebrate, there will be the, the gift of faith will continue growing. You can text that in. You can tell your small group leaders. However, just that that the message gets. Message gets to us as leaders that we all, very good, very good. You were praying for that, and God's answered that prayer. We have a webpage that you can go on to a request prayer. Um, If you have an answer, and some of you do this, go back on the webpage and say, thank you for praying, God answered my prayer. Don't ghost us. (laughs) Right? You asked for prayer, and then I died and went to heaven, so I guess that one didn't work. Don't ghost us. Somebody will get it. Tell us what God is doing in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, just before we dismiss this service. Your prayers are powerful. I think as we emphasize prayer in these days, that if we're honest, some of us are bored with our prayer life. Some of us are going through the motions of our prayer life. Holy Spirit, I'm asking right now, you'll blow a fresh wind into harvest. A fresh wind into my heart and spirit. Oh God, the most incredibly powerful, exciting thing is to partner with you in prayer. Because we're living in a day when Herod, the devil himself, has decided that he would lay hands upon the church in this hour and try to tell her she's weak and powerless. But Lord, you're telling us and we're filled with the holy spirit jesus you told your disciples you're going to be endued with power from on high the holy spirit will come and the wind of the spirit came in on that day of pentecost and filled the room and lord your church has been growing and growing throughout the world and lord we are in these latter days where you said the latter house will be more glorious than the former we should expect that today at harvest christian fellowship That our story should read just like the acts of the apostles, but then some. Because, Lord, you said this house would be more glorious than the former one. It begins, Lord, with us taking you at your word, beginning to pray, and knowing that the miracle is at the door. Lord, anybody here today, they they need that miracle. Lord, they would just, in faith, just like you're, you're knocking, Lord, that miracle saying, I'm here. I'm here to answer your prayer. Your prayer is answered. Receive the miracle. All over this room, just receive whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about. The greatest miracle, we believe, is the miracle of the new birth. When a person accepts Jesus into their life to forgive their sin, and to begin, as his life enters into us, we begin an internal relationship with him. It begins at the moment we receive him, and it goes on. And the day that we die, uh, our, the Bible says we just our spirit steps from this reality into the next, the eternal reality. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life, but today's your day, it's your day. It's your day, it's your day to receive Jesus. And you'd like to do that. I'm going to count down from five as every head is bowed and eyes closed. Five, four, three, two, and when I say one, just raise your hand. I, want, I just want to see it. Online, you can just say, I'm making the decision today to receive Jesus. Five, four, three, two, one. Just raise your hand so I can see it. Is there anyone in the room? Thank you. Is there anyone else in the room today? I just want to see your hand. We clap because it's, it's what we literally live for at Harvest, is that others would come to realize and understand that Jesus loves us died for us. Harvest, let's pray together. If you raised your hand or if you're online today making this decision, this simple prayer, in faith from your heart or out loud, do it out loud with us today if you can. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you care about me. Come into my heart. Forgive my sin. I repent. I turn from my ways. I'm going to go your way today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we believe if you prayed that simple prayer, you're born again. You've begun your journey. Would you stand? Let's stand today. And before we go, let's just worship the Lord. Receive your miracle.
1: much for being with us today in the room or online. We love you. Have an amazing week and we will see you next weekend.